I was there. I don't have to listen to it. This week's show because it was a disaster. When you live in a beach resort, it's easy to forget whether you are playing or working. On each week's show, we settle in with a cocktail and try to figure out if there is a difference. This is Day Drinking on Delmarva. And I am Todd from GoodCleanFunLife.com. I'm Tony Russo, no relation, and you're listening to Day Drinking on Delmarva a podcast about life and culture on the Delmarva Peninsula. Todd drinks because he gets to live here. I drink because I have to live here. So much fun today. We got a bunch of stuff we want to go over. Um, mm-hmm. We do want to talk a little bit. We'll touch on the Berlin thing from last week since people were interested in that. But before we get to all of that, let's talk about our sponsors. Each week, we're sponsored by the drinks that we are drinking. If you'd like to sponsor us, put $5 in the mail and send it to me. Or just send an email. You can send me an email at I'm sorry, send me an email by Tony Russo at gmail.com mm-hmm. and um, we'll make you the show sponsor. Or go over to our Instagram at Day Drinking uh-huh. on Delmarva and send us a message. Post a picture of what you're day drinking or what your favorite day drink is and uh, ask us to use that as the sponsor for the show. We're very easy. Well, it's just, we, we just want to really know that people are listening. Frankly. Yeah. Um, so this week I am sponsored by, if it's not my favorite beer, it is in the top 10 for sure. And it is Solid Gold by Solid gold. Founders. It is a beer flavored beer. It is 4.4%. It comes in a 24 pack, which you can buy for about 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. And it's uh cans easily recyclable cans there's no downside to this beer and it just it's beer flavored that's my favorite flavor beer Beer flavored beer well uh sticking with the sticking with the beer kick i am actually sponsored today by evo um craft brewing out of uh out of salisbury maryland we're going to get into that and uh right now i'm holding up for those of you who are listening a bottle of their migration series from spring 2011 tony wow does this get better or is is it, it just like get better um and i can talk about it at length if you'd like but <laughs> i know that one of the owners um tastes them every year he's he's got uh he's got a seller yeah and he tastes how they change from year to year to year to year so yeah well and uh so it, it kind of goes into my one cool thing and the reason we're sponsored by evo today is because it has been a while, but we uh, we went up to the brewery up in Salisbury and um, had a had a marvelous time. I've not yet been to the new Evo, and so if you're from out of town, uh, Evolution Craft Brewing is the largest brewer in Salisbury. It's second, really, only to Dogfish Head in the whole region. Mm-hmm. And when um, Right before the right before the world ended, they did a big uh, renovation. Yeah, and they added an outside staging area that where they were going to have concerts and like a fire pit and things like that. I've not been to any of those. Did you? Were you there? Can you talk about that? Yeah. So uh, we were very fortunate to have a trip, uh, all expenses, uh, food and drinks, and personal tour by Tommy, uh, who we've known for a long time. One of the brothers, one of the owners. Uh, and uh, it was it was sponsored by the distributor that the Starbird uses. Of course, we're very you know in with the Starbird, so they invited us along for a nice field trip. And it was honestly just uh, a great 
sort it was almost like a walk down memory lane because when we were first getting started as uh, you know, as good, clean fun. And we decided that we were going to kind of cover fun things that are happening in the area. Right. Uh, one of those things was the startup of Burley Oak. And at that time, Tommy was uh, a, a major resource for Brian, who was starting Burley Oak. So, uh, you know, this is when they were still in the old facility in like back in 2009, they started Here over in Del, in Del Mar, just up the road from, from you. And like, I have footage from Tommy in that old, in that old facility, which is now traded hands again. But uh, you know, it, it was just, it was great. You know, we have a very good friend who, who put in a, a lot of uh, blood, sweat and tears, Christy Kruger, working with, uh, working with them and kind of helping expand their footprint into the, the DC and Baltimore and Virginia markets. And, uh, I don't know, it was just a, it was a, it was a really, really enjoyable time. Uh, as you said, right before the world went on pause, I guess they were already in the works to do like an outside thing. Uh, it, the way Tommy told the story yesterday is it sounded like, you know, they got, they, they got rubber stamped because of what was happening, but I think their plans got, uh, down, downscaled a little bit. And Tommy was talking about how him and his guys built all of the picnic tables. Uh, you know, they like, they moved, they had, uh, gravel crush and run, uh, dropped and they moved every bit of it. And so they, yeah, they created this great outdoor door space, after we had the tour, we had a wonderful lunch there. And, uh, you know, the food is of course, nothing to, to snuff at, uh, either. And it was, a it was, it was just a great time. And, and yesterday was a beautiful day. So it was just one of those perfect scenarios and one of those great times to be here on the Eastern shore doing what we do so we can, you know, have the, take advantage of it to uh, full. If I can just quick paint a picture of uh, Evolution Craft Brewing in general, it is in an, a former ice house, mm -hmm. so it's a huge, it's a large facility. Uh, it's 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 as big a building as we have in Salisbury. There may be like there's the hospital, right. there's one of the hotels, and then this might be like the third or fourth biggest like single building. Yeah, um, and because it was an ice house, it has train tracks next to it because the trains used to stop and you know pick up ice and things like that it was this has been there for like uh, 200 years something obscene um they were talking about putting a seating area between the building and the railroad tracks i don't know if that came to fruition but that would be that would be an interesting build out i thought at the time it was would be an interesting build out because you, know, you sit there and you watch a freight train go by once every six hours you know yeah um but the the outside area i had seen i'd seen early designs on it and it just looked so welcoming um one of the things i really like about evo over there is that they have a they have a proper tasting room mm -hmm. and then they have a restaurant and again before the apocalypse they had kind of moved like they had an oyster bar i think they moved into the tasting room so if you wanted to have like an, a stout and an oyster mm -hmm. like it was 1870 you you totally could um, the barrel room in the middle is a place where I've gone, uh, several times. So they have a, a large restaurant with two big main rooms and it's connected to the tasting room 
by a barrel aging room mm -hmm. where they do all their barrel aging for their migration series and others. And in there they do a, the, what's that Flanders they do? They do a great Flanders, but I can't remember the name of oh, it. Oh, I don't know. Um, Nouveau Rouge, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. And this barrel aging room, they have like little weddings in there and little conferences in there. It's good for like 40 to 50 people to move around in comfortably. And it's just a good kind of destination brewery. It's not a tap room that you stop off at, although it does have a tap room that you can stop off at. Right. But it's kind of made itself into this thing, um, which is which is wonderful because it's about two blocks from the downtown. You know, people can walk it or there's a there's a trolley where you where you can, you know, Evo is one of the trolley stops. That's how significant a player is a, a player it is in the local scene. So people from the college can take a trolley to the brewery and then get on the trolley and continue downtown or get on the trolley and go back to school. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's something that I don't know if the community has gotten around as much as I wish it had, but it certainly is a, one of the few genuine assets that I think Salisbury has. What are you saying something nice about Salisbury? I said, it's one of the few genuine assets. <laughs> so we'll call that a maybe. <laughs> You're it is definitely uh it, it is definitely an asset. We're there again. It was a Tuesday in April and uh, all of the outside seating was full with, you know, uh, doctors or business like people, you know, having, having lunch and it was a beautiful day. So, you know, they, they definitely have a pretty uh, a regular you know, clientele, but I think that it definitely is one of the, uh, like, as you said, a destination brewery. And it's interesting too, talking to Tommy about what they, like they're, they're you know, their kind of gimmick is that they don't do gimmicks. You know, they, they have an, a hazy IPA and they, they were actually one of the first people to have a, a pineapple IPA, but you know, like, uh, they, they, they like to make a beer flavored beer and, you know, that's just a little bit more evolved. You're not going to get, um, you know, a whole lot of craziness from them. And I think, I think over the years, that's been a very, uh, a very positive thing for them and why they've been able to, uh, stay in the market. And so, well, you don't have to make you don't have to play into the chase the um, chase the trend game. And that's a thing that I always liked about them. It was one of the things that I was sad to see finally happen to third wave right before mm -hmm. it closed. They're like, okay, well, we're just going to only make juicy IPAs. And I'm like, well, I'm going to stop coming to the brewery. That's a block from my house. Right. Because right. the only new beers you're making are hazy IPAs. And I'm not nuts about them. Yeah. You know, but more than that, if I can level just a, a little bit of criticism, which I leveled, you know, to everyone's faces at their times, I feel like people can smell it when you're trying to be trendy. Mm -hmm. You know, when you don't have your own vision and you're trying to guess what everyone else's vision is going to be. Right. I think people have a sense of that. And it's just not, you know, I mean, the 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 pandemic killed third wave, but it was, I had already gone for my last time well before the pandemic. You know, my right. wife wanted to stop there and I'm like, you know what? I, I don't, 
I don't see any need. I don't, well, I don't need to have another juicy IPA and I've already had as many sandstorms as I feel like I'm going to drink in my lifetime. Yeah. Uh, well, and I can't remember the timing. Did they decide to, uh, uh, to call it quits before right the pandemic? Before the pandemic. They were, yeah. So they were sort of, there was a, there was a falling out between the ownership mm-hmm. that, uh, that was having trouble being resolved. And I think that the pandemic, if it didn't put the last nail in the coffin, it hammered it home mm-hmm. um, for them having to just, you know, give up and go home and let something else new. Um, yeah. And if I can also criticize the local um, beer stores, if you walk into a local beer store and you see a third wave beer, you know that that store hates you. Yeah. And you should shoplift. Yeah. You should because steal it. Yeah, well no, don't shit don't 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 steal the beer. It's a year and a half old at this point and <laughs> yeah. it's still on local shelves. Yeah. And my brother sells beer and that's one of the great frustrating things is, you know, people buy this beer and they don't want to they don't want to give it back. Like the, the distributor doesn't want to take it back mm-hmm. and throw it out. And the owner doesn't want to throw it out. And so they just leave a beer there. The, uh, who went out of business? 16 mile went out of business, uh, maybe two years ago. Right. And their beers were in my local liquor store for 18 months. <laughs> and like, and it's like watermelon, you know, they have this, this watermelon beer, you know, uh-huh. and it's, january you know (laughs) and it's from a brewery that famously just one day stopped they just locked the doors one day it wasn't even like oh we're thinking of going out of business it's like all right turn off the phone stop answering them yeah and everyone knows that so when you see a beer from a brewery that was well covered in its absolute implosion Mm -hmm. and you see six of those beers there why why would you buy them Mm -hmm. like Best case scenario, you don't hate the beer and don't ever get to have it again. Right. Like worst case scenario, it's the kind of garbage beer that makes breweries close. Yeah. You know, and there's not a lot of there's not a lot of midway. They were doing so many things well at third wave. And then they became obsessed with the hazy IPAs. And that I think killed them. Yeah. Because uh the brewer at the time, who is now at one of the Iron Hills, um, John. Okay. Um, he was a really innovative and talented brewer and yeah. he made some really, really good beers. And I was very proud to have somebody who was doing something interesting here in Del Mar. And then they're like, stop doing everything interesting. And if you want to do something interesting, do it with a hazy IPA, you know, and he wasn't long for the world after that. And the brewery wasn't long for the world after that, you know, yeah. um, a brewery like, like Evo can, because they're doing what they're doing, they can survive. They don't need a visionary at the helm. They right. they can survive with a yeoman at the helm of their brewing process, the day-to-day head brewer. Right. Um, and I'm not saying that the day-to-day head brewer isn't a genius. I'm sure that the day-to-day head brewer at Budweiser is an absolute genius. But the idea is, are you making good beer? Not are you guessing at what people are going to claim as good beer in six months for two months? Right, right. Well, and and especially as the market has changed and there's more and more competition from seltzers and low like people went low stuff now low avb low calorie it's you know i it's sort of an unenviable position to be in i would think and you know and then there are restaurant tours on top of that which is during the pandemic a 
you know, also unenviable. And it just, it, it really kind of made me reminiscent of uh, those early days uh, around here where I felt like uh, the beer, the crap brew industry was very much a, uh, you know, a family of people uh, helping each other out and resources and, and, and that sort of thing. And not that it's not still that way, but it's definitely, I don't know, it's got some, it's got some hair on it. It's, it's 10 years old from when, from when this migration series was done. And, you know, now it's, it's just like, uh, it's it just not it, a little bit of the magic is missing. And, uh, but that means you can still enjoy the, the, the old stuff too. Absolutely. Absolutely. My one cool thing, um, that happened to me this week actually happens to me every week. Um, <laughs> or has been happening to me every week. Sometimes people will see the, um, the television show, the devil, you know, on vice, and then will hunt me down on the internet. And say things to me about the show. And they're generally pretty nice about it. That's good. One woman reached out to me this week. And it's Tuesday morning. So the show comes out on Monday night. Mm -hmm. And then every Tuesday morning, I get to find out how things went. What, you know, what, like, like what crazy have, has decided to reach out? Exactly. And this week, I was pleasantly surprised by a, a, a young, well, not a young woman. I, I'm not an old woman. A my age woman. Um <laughs> You're old, Tony. I'm 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 Sherry's age, so I'm a little younger than Sherry. So yeah. Um, who grew up with Sherry Schreiner, and we had a really nice email conversation back and forth about, you know, how Sherry was as a ninth grader, and she sent me uh, a a photograph from her yearbook, um, of oh, wow. Sherry from that time, and yeah, no, it's it's a hundred percent Sherry, and you can you can tell it it looks like her, and. I wish I had seen that photo earlier because oh. she's smiling. She's not just smiling and happy in it. She looks like she looks like a normal person. You know, there's, there's just this, there's just kind of this happiness in it. Mm. And what it made me think about is, so this woman, um, who asked me not to share her name is I'm not, I'm not trying to not tell her. Right. But this, this woman, you know, had been to her house. They, they were, they were in the ninth grade together. Um, and she said that, uh, Sherry was a completely different person at the time. And, um, she worries that she got a little wild and then they put her into Baptist school. Huh. And of course, you know, I wanted to hear that because if any chance I get to <laughs> shit on religious education, I'm going to take it. So you had a ninth grader who was maybe smoking more pot than you'd like your ninth grader to smoke. Mm -hmm. And so as a reaction, you put her in this torture chamber that they call religious education school or religious school. And then she came out a maniac who was hell bent on destroying the world. Yeah. I. This is, I don't, I'm not going to say it's, I'm not going to say it's causal, but as someone who spent his fair share of time in religious schools, there is an anger that you get there that you can't get anyplace else. Yeah. It's, it's the only place to go to get this powerless hatred of all authority all the time. Yeah. Religious school does that better than anybody else. You know, at least the military teach you how to shoot and arms you like <laughs> You know, they, they might, they might, they might teach you how to kind of tap into your anger, but they also give you tools to mitigate that. And they give you very clear rules. 
yeah about, like shoot this guy don't shoot that guy um something i want to say out loud i'm working with um a veteran um on his memoir oh. and i'm very excited about it. i can't talk about it for for a lot but fun. um I'm just, I'm compelled to say it. And we usually kind of try to stay away from the awfulness here. There's always so much more awfulness, but we were on the phone when the uh, George Floyd um, verdict. verdict came down. And now this is a hardcore Ranger guy. Like yeah. he has personally killed people, right? Several, mm. like it's, you know, he has personally saved people more than several you know he was he was a medic and he was mm. he he was in kosovo he was in the first invasion he was in the second invasion he's all this all this stuff um not the first invasion i don't think i lost track the point is he was so furious at the cop and it's easy for me to be furious at the cop i don't you know i don't ever <laughs> right you know, the only cop I, I don't get furious at is my brother Joe, right? Uh, <laughs> or maybe you do when he when he takes your beer, you know. Or... No, no, no. He's a good he's a good kid all the way down. Yeah. Um, but the fury came from I know what it's like to take a life, and I know that you should only do it when you absolutely have to. And yeah. You weren't even paying attention and you took this guy's life. Yeah. You're a horrible person and it was it was really it was really touching to see someone who i mean he's been blown up you know yeah. 20 times you know he he doesn't he he was in a coma for 6 months it's just just an awful he was he was one of the people wow. who captured Saddam Hussein he was in awful situations for about a decade and the rage and empathy that that verdict touched off made me think about it in a, in a whole new way, you know, sure. because he was, he was genuinely offended at the murder. Yeah. Um, and I was, can, and I can imagine a person like that, you know, their mind goes to, you know, what they are, what they spent a decade uh, serving for and going through all that shit for like, that's not, that's not it. Right. And, and then we, we had a, we have another, interesting conversation coming up because he eventually found his way to my blog and he would read my story about the uh, upside down American flags and about the blue flags. All oh, of this, fun. by the way, you can find at bytonyrusso.com. And I would love it if you do, cause I feel like I want you to read more of my stuff. Um, but anyway, and we had, you know, a real conversation about that. Cause I come down pretty hard on people who fly American flags mm -hmm. and I don't come down on them because I don't think you should fly American flags. I kind of come down on them because I would love to fly an American flag, but I worry that there's a judgment that comes along with that, that right. I don't really want to participate in. And it's a shame. There's a, a great story. Um, I don't know if we told it on this show already about Chris Christopherson. And uh, I think it's, uh, uh, he's a country, he's a country and Western singer guy. Um, right. I, Toby Keith, you know, um, they're all Toby Keith, right? There's Chris Christopherson, <laughs> Willie Nelson, Toby Keith. Toby Keith. And so they're at um, Willie Nelson's birthday party. And this, you know, country music star, rock star kind of guy walks in and he comes over to Chris Christopherson. 
And he says to him, don't start any of that lifty shit. All right. Tonight, Chris. And I don't know if you know this or not, but Chris Christopherson was in Vietnam. Oh. Um, Chris Christopherson got his record contract. I don't think this is apocryphal. I think this is really true. Uh, he was a helicopter pilot and he took a helicopter and he flew into a music executive's estate and got out and started playing the guitar. And that's <laughs> really, I, I believe that's, I've heard that story. I don't believe it's apocryphal, but he grabs this guy and he said, have you, have you ever killed someone mm. for this country and taken a paycheck from it? And the guy's like, what? And he's like, no, you heard me. You just don't like the answer. Yeah. And uh, then he said, <laughs> he said, well, and Jen Jennings said about guys like this, uh, they've done for, country music what pantyhose did for finger fucking <laughs> it was such a pleasant story to hear and <laughs> I, and that's where i come down on the wrong side of the american flag thing like i don't have to be afraid to fly an american flag i'm proud of my country right and you know i just Again, I feel like I haven't shot anybody and Chris Christopherson has, so he has more credibility than me. Right. Like, you know, to know the real cost, to have a sense of what it means to live in a country where sometimes we decide that some people have to kill other people and you just have to live with that decision. Yeah. If, if you're a military person and that kind of commitment is something that's beyond me. Yeah. Like I might not deserve to fly a flag because I don't know if I'm that committed to anything. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. That's, that's, that's maybe a little harsh on me, but that's, uh, that's where my, my little tangent took me when we were, when we were talking about the, uh, the, the, the work that I'm doing. And so real quick, if I can spin this back on, um, I did put out a, a, a blog post this week in the email that the bagel manifesto is starting back up. And that is true. Mm -hmm. And I expect to release them on Sunday morning. So if you're interested in that and you go to, uh, um, a bag, a bagel manifesto.com, you can sign up for the newsletter. And along with that newsletter, you'll be able to listen to the podcast. Of course, you can also subscribe to it and on, on all the subscribable places in probably about two weeks. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of your writing, I shared, <laughs> I shared your uh, your kind of weekly sum up, and of course, you were talking about your your book that's coming out. You're you know talking about some of the things that we talked about on the on the podcast, and uh, you know, and and all I all I had said in my post, and again, I've, I've sort of steer clear of Facebook for the you know for the better part of the last six months, and uh, you know, I said, oh. You know, uh, Tony and I discuss whether Berlin is not just for old people anymore, uh, you know, and uh, it, it definitely got a lot of uh, ears and eyes on our, the podcast. I had people, you know, commenting about the podcast. I had people, uh, you know, making some uh, <laughs> some some sort of wild ac accusations about, uh, you know, what you had written, you know, and uh it was, it was fun. It was fun to see. It was fun to see a reaction. We've been doing this podcast for a long time. Uh, and it was, it was cool to have a little bit of real time, uh, you know, people digesting and, and, and moving it around and seeing different, uh, you know, different threads essentially coming, coming out of it. So 
um, it was it was fun. And I, people people like when you hate on Berlin. <laughs> I'm good at it. Um, I was looking at, I saw some of it, but I didn't, I, I couldn't stay engaged for very long. But uh, it was it was interesting to see how it, it it really did touch a nerve. Like Berlin's opportunities are substantial, mm-hmm. and it's tough to see them. Um, if you'd like, if you'd like me to make another Berlin complaint, something that, um, there needs to be a walkway over route 113. And until there isn't, Berlin is just as racist as Pocomo. How's that? There you go. That, that, that's a hot take from Tony. That's there not a are hot take. not <laughs> enough kids that can get run over that they don't make an excuse about why they can't put a walkway over that. Right. Um, yeah. And again, you know, if there was an ice cream shop and, you know, one of the kids, from the good side of town tried to cross to get ice cream and got run over. There would be a bridge the next week. Yeah. It's just tough. It's, it's tough to see them arguing that it doesn't matter. They won't use it. Yeah. Very frustrating. And so that the, the town has just decided that it's just going to leave the poorest of its residents separated by a four lane highway. Right. They're willing to risk their lives. Then they can bark along with baby. That's not baby. Is it? I got the wrong one. I don't know. Uh, that was Lady. Lady, sorry, sorry. I knew it was a. I knew it was a dog name. Right. Um, the other thing that I wanted to hit on really quickly is that if you would like to subscribe to the newsletter that goes with this show, you can you can do that by, um, I guess, going to last week's posts and and subscribing. We put out a newsletter now that goes with this show. And it'll be a brief summary and the show notes will be in there and you don't have to go to a website. You don't have to remember if you sign up with your email, we'll be um, happy to, again, I'm going to write a little something about what happened this week and I'm going to send it along with, uh, with, with this week's podcast. And you can get to us at daydrinkingondelmarva at substack.com. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, you'll, you're subscribed to the show and then you can click on the the links and subscribe on your phone or you can just listen on your computer or whatever you want. Yeah. No, I think that was I think that was a nice uh sort of a nice thing about it is to be able to just to listen directly from from the link. I think and, it made it easier for people. Yeah. And I think that there are people, you know, you know, there's there's still people who still don't quite get what the what the whole podcast thing is. So Google will make it native in the next year. Yeah. And it will triple the size of everyone's listenership. Oh. Most people don't have um, this is this is something that I was actually listening to a, a talk about today. A lot of people say criminal is what made podcasting blow up. Mm-hmm. But what they didn't realize, what they don't realize is that what made podcasting grow, blow up and what made criminal blow up was that two months before criminal came out, the new iPhone came with the podcast app that you couldn't delete. Like you Hmm. didn't have to go into music. It it, it was right on the front page and you're like, what is this purple thing? Right. Click on the purple thing. And it's like, okay, these are podcasts. Google has still not done that. The the new Samsung will have one, but once all of the Android phones, once Google podcasts are native in every Android phone, the number of podcast listeners could double or triple over the course of a year or so. Yeah. And, and the, the, 
there are more non-iPhone users than there are iPhone users. 90% of people who listen to, this is two years old now, but I like to say it because it's clean. 90% of people who listen to podcasts have iPhones. 90% of people who have smartphones have Androids. Yeah. So that is how insignificant the number of people who get podcasts now is when compared to the number of people who could get podcasts. Right. Yeah. Very exciting, and we'll be with you through all of that, and probably maybe we'll get up to you know six hundred listeners. <laughs> that would be That'd that be would fun. be splendid. After a decade of uh, of doing it, of living in this platform, if you want to find me on social media, you can do it at, at by Tony Russo on all of the social media, Instagram and Twitter, and even on Facebook. And where can they find you, Todd? And you can find me at goodcleanfunlife.com on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, we have a Twitter, goodcleanfun01. It, it, you know, it's it's there. Yeah. I mean, we have it. So, <laughs> And just quick last but not least, if you are watching live, um, go and get yourself a drink and you can tune in in another 40 minutes and I'll be back. <laughs> back at with it. So what's your story? And that will be on the... Um, saltwater media facebook page and of course you can also subscribe to so what's your story wherever you listen to podcasts i'm sorry you can also follow mm-hmm. so what's your story wherever you listen to podcasts it is free mm-hmm. it's weird that when people say you can listen for free i'm like i wouldn't listen not for free right right <laughs> um and that's pretty much all i got how about you i got nothing all right well just remember at the beach it's happy hour whenever you say this Day Drinking on Delmarva with Todd DeHart and Tony Russo is produced weekly, mostly by dumb luck. You can join them Wednesday afternoons or find them online at daydrinkingondelmarva.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll check back in with you next week.